You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. Thomas Frank is the author of What's the Matter with Kansas and The Wrecking Crew. Counterintuitively, he's also a columnist for the Wall Street Journal. Thank you for joining me, Thomas. How are you today, Rick? Very good. Not quite so good as a Republican Paul Ryan, who seems to have found his passion in life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another very interesting story from the right. You know, I... Uh... Along with all of all of my a lot of my liberal friends, I should say, I, I have been sort of enjoying the show on the right for the last year, and not really taking it all that seriously because a lot of it, you know, it's very silly. You know, you, you, I've been on your show a couple times, and we had some fun with Glenn Beck. You know, <laughs> the Tea Partiers. <laughs> but I think there's a, I think this guy represents something different, mm-hmm. uh, and. Um, uh, well, he, he definitely represents something different in the in, in one sense, and that is that he's actually you know. He's actually read some books, apparently. Oh, my God. This is... <laughs> actually, uh, seems to be a, uh, an educated fellow. But uh, he ha- he wrote an essay in Forbes magazine a couple weeks ago called Down with Big Business. And this struck me, uh, you know, uh, I, I read this. I don't remember how I happened to, uh, I, I think my subscription to Forbes has lapsed. I'm not sure. But I happened to read it anyways. A lapsed Forbesian, you? Well, I, I I used to read it regularly in the old days. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, you know, the, Forbes was a showplace of what I used to call market populism, mm-hmm. and I still would call it that if I wrote about it anymore. Mm-hmm. And this is, in some ways, this is a, a very good example of of market populism. It's mm-hmm. a, uh, it's it's this sort of stridently populist article, right? The the title is Down with Big Business. I'm sure, you say. And he goes on the rampage. Uh, you know, denouncing Goldman Sachs, uh, railing against the bank bailout, uh, doing all these things that that you're that you customarily hear from uh, people on the left, and um, and then about halfway through the article, sort of pulls this switcheroo on you and and uh, reveals that in fact his his logic behind all this is in fact this sort of old school. Uh, Free market conservatism, uh, this kind of argument that they used to you used to hear a lot of in the 1970s and 1980s, but that's sort of gone by the way. I mean, you never hear it anymore, but he has uh, revived it and uh, is able to. So he's able to use this uh, this sort of populist language that you know, like I say, swiped from the left, and then. Um, but but his what he takes away from it all is very interesting. Uh, you know, the answer is not to regulate banks more, uh, you know, make sure this never happens again. The answer is to get government out of uh, the picture altogether, to deregulate all the way. Fascinating. It's as if he looks in the mirror and sees the mirror images and takes that for reality. It's it's really <laughs> a, a trip down the rabbit hole with Alice, and you get down there, you're going to end up down there with the Mad Hatter and Glenn Beck pretty soon. You know? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Only this is this is this is this is uh, there's yeah, a there's a real argument party. behind this um, that there was a, a professor at the University of Chicago who won the. Um, Nobel Prize for this argument back in the 1970s, mm-hmm. and the argument went like this. Now, follow me if you can. Uh, I mean, I, I know it is, it is confusing, but it goes like this. Uh, there's, there's an old left-wing argument uh, that I use a lot uh, about something called um, 
regulatory capture. We've mm-hmm. talked about it on your show before. Oh, sure. The idea being that uh, that regulatory agencies sooner or later fall into the hands of the regulated, and there was this is sort of brought to a court a kind of spectacular consummation in the Bush years, mm-hmm. right? Especially with the banking regulators. Well, what this University of Chicago professor said was that this happens all the time. In fact, it happens so regularly that uh, you might as well, I mean, industry basically wants regulation because they know they can capture it and they can use it to, then they can then use the regulation to keep out their competitors, you know, uh, to, it, it, to, to, car, to form a cartel. Use the rules to, to control the rules. Yeah. And there were some examples back in the old days, uh, like uh, airlines was the classic example, where this actually seemed to apply. I mean, mm-hmm. this, was, this, uh, this explanation of it made perfect sense. Okay. You know, fast forward to our own day. It does not apply to something like uh, the Environmental Protection Agency or the banking regulation. I mean, the banks fought the banking regulation tooth and nail. They mm-hmm. wanted to do away with it as much as they, as, as they could. They don't like being regulated. Um, uh, I mean, they, they might like it, you know, little bits and in, in pieces here and there. You know, they can have their FDIC seal of approval or something like that. But they, generally speaking, they don't like it. But his argument is that the TARP represents... Uh, you know the the big bank bailout is basically uh, is capture, and this is a lot of people on the left have been saying this. As mm-hmm. Matt Taibbi very famously has made this argument in the pages of Rolling Stone, that that basically uh, in the Bush administration, you know, with with Hank Paulson, uh, and then in the in the uh, Obama administration with various figures like Tim Geithner, you basically got these people acting on behalf of Wall Street. It is captured. They came from Wall Street to to the government. I yeah, mean. and so the idea is that the, the way a left winger would put this is that you know Goldman Sachs is basically calling the shots in our government, and we've got to get them out of there. You know, because government is too important to just be. To, you, you obviously you can't it can't be turned over to private industry. And the conservative would say, but you you can never do it. They're too powerful. So the only answer is to do away with government. It's it's a fascinating little flip, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, I love this phrase that you come up with, the demented logic of American politics. Uh, I <laughs> yeah. think this is, I think this is really... Uh, the, it's funny, the... I just wrote that yesterday, and now here you're talking to me about it. Well, but, but that's what it is, you know, because all of this stuff, this stuff is only possible. All the things that are happening now, right before our eyes, mm-hmm. where, you know, the Democrats, things look worse and worse and worse for them, Every you know every week, every day, uh, you know, just today in the news, mm-hmm. two prominent U.S. senators have announced. One of them, uh, Byron Dorgan, who really is one of the the last sort of progressive senators in that House, uh, that two of these guys are are uh, not going to seek reelection. And you know, uh, but uh, uh, what I meant by the demented logic of U.S. politics is that is that the Democrats will now you know in the, the fall of this year, it's it's as though because Obama was elected, it's a completely clean slate. And suddenly the Democrats will go before the public, you know, uh, defending the TARP, something mm-hmm. that the Bush administration uh, basically left them with. You know, they had no way of, of doing anything differently by the time they got in. And uh, 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 it'll be theirs to defend, and so the Republicans will be able to use this, uh, this sort of language that we associate with the left, if they want to. Now, the question remains whether they, they want to use that kind of language, but I don't see why not. I mean, Forbes magazine is 
you know, this is very, you know, and everybody knows Steve Forbes is what it's all about. <laughs> Capitalist tool, yeah. you know. Uh, it's interesting too this this uh, perception that history began in you know January twenty first of this of last year yeah <laughs> a year that's ago right. uh, that that the Democrats have not just inherited they have created the world that they inherited <laughs> yeah and now they have to defend it yeah but this is you know this is you know you and I and everybody else that's listening to the show knows that this isn't the case and you know every every political commentator knows this isn't the case but we also know that that's how it will be debated that's how we will be talking about it seven months from now or whatever whatever it is that's just the way that's just the way it works and so looking ahead you know this actually strikes me as as a, as a very as a, as a good strategy in some ways you know I really hope that the Republicans do it I, I hope that they all start talking like Paul Ryan. I would love to see this happen, and you know why? Because I bet you want to know. <laughs> you're you're a horror film fan. Why do I want this to happen? <laughs> yes, tell me. Why do you want this to happen, Thomas? <laughs> <laughs> okay, because it will it will push. Well, for one thing, it'll give us a real debate. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll it, for, for we at least we'll have to debate the TARP. We'll have to debate regulatory capture. It'll put all these huge questions in the front and, front and center where they belong. Mm-hmm. But second of all, it will force the Democrats to use the, to, to, you know, it'll force them to, to, to fight, to contest this terrain with the Republicans, this mm-hmm. ter- the terrain of populism, if you will, the terrain of, of you know, of, of, of saying down with Wall Street. To think that Republicans could capture that phrase, could use that phrase as their own. You know, that's a, it's an amazing little reversal. It's really uh, a surreal like, turn of events. It's a great bit of jujitsu, is what it is. <laughs> you know, it's very smart. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'm hoping that the uh, that that they that they that they keep pushing this line because uh, it'll it'll lead to a great, a fantastic debate this fall. Look, American politics is 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 always disappointing because, you know, our our debates get bogged down in the culture wars and in these silly, you know. Accusations and all this sort of thing. It would be, it would be, it would be a blast to have a real debate for a change. Yes, I, that way we could actually talk about uh, regulatory capture in a in a manner that would that have some uh, relation to reality. Right. Well, that has never that's never an issue. You mm-hmm. understand? That's never an issue. Uh, I mean, I wrote a whole book about this. Mm-hmm. My last book was the the Wrecking Crew. Mm-hmm. The idea I sort of took the idea of regulatory capture and used it to explain. The conservative movement. The mm-hmm. conservative movement is about regulatory capture. And when I was doing the research for that, you know, there's a guy, like I said, the University of Chicago professor won a Nobel Prize for talking about regulatory capture. People have talked about it for decades, and yet it is a stigmatized category. It's not something that you ever hear, you know, they never talk about it on hardball. They never talk about it on, you know, meet the press or whatever it is. It's just, mm-hmm. It never comes up. It's regarded as something akin to conspiracy theory, you know? And it's a, it's a very well-established, well-known sociological phenomenon, like I said, but we, we n- never talk about it. This is interesting that, that, I mean, when you put it that way, it seems that regulatory capture has, have, what has also been captured are, is the media conversation about <laughs> regulatory capture. Yeah, that's one way of looking at it. Yeah, that's, you know, that... that and and I think that's there's a, you know there's a, well look this is you know Rick back in an earlier in my earlier stage of my life that's what I used to write about mm-hmm. 
that uh, you know the, the the media is on this tighter and tighter leash, you know, controlled by these conglomerates, blah blah blah. Nowadays, I think what it is, it's more of a consensus, you know, that they have a set of views that people in the mainstream media all accept, and uh, views, by the way, which are wildly discredited now in the mm-hmm. aftermath of this economic collapse, but they can't figure out any way of getting out of those views or of, or of enlarging the, well, they don't want to enlarge the consensus. They're very comfortable with things the way that they are, you know, you've got the, the the you know the the people on the on the right and people on, that 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 pretend to be on the left that uh, there you go and uh, you know certain arguments are just outside of the consensus are outside of the discussion and and well unfortunately for me that tends to be a lot of my ideas mm. well I we're discussing them here and they're getting a good air I know and, and you're going to put them on are going to put them on the air <laughs> on and the radio on the, and on the web where people can hear them so there there's some hope for for uh, uh, freedom of speech as opposed to freedom from freedom which is uh, that seems to be the line of the the capture fo- fans that that you know we need complete freedom of business freedom from freedom yeah. glenn beck has an interesting line and you know i often make fun of glenn beck but he also has a way of of, of putting things that's sometimes very um, telling and he says Capitalism isn't an economic. I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. I'm probably going to get it wrong, but he says something like this: Capitalism isn't an economic system. It's it's uh, it's freedom. It's a you know it's a it's a well, how does he put it? Oh, doggone it! I've I've forgotten. But uh, but basically, the the point of capitalism is not you know prosperity. It's freedom, mm. and so it should be judged. It shouldn't be judged by whether or not it delivers the goods, but by you know. Uh, whether we're deregulated or whatever it is, you know, whether government stays out of the way, and that that just strikes me as, uh, you know, as, as as just complete rubbish. But um, well, we're deregulated enough so that the Christmas sweater is well, a the, bestseller well, the again. Is, the, the, point, the point is this: that often, <laughs> often restricting the free market mm-hmm. leads to greater, and this it sounds oh, sure. strange, doesn't it? But restricting the free market in certain ways leads to greater freedom for you and me. Mm-hmm. It happens all the time in all sorts of different ways. Uh, you know, uh, you have greater freedom of speech. You don't get, you know, you don't lose your money. You, you have more, more time, you know, if, if, you're, if you're paid fairly, you have more time to do things with your family. It, your freedom is increased in hundreds of different ways if the freedom of capital is restricted. Yeah, well, I, I think a lot of this too gets to that point of, of that that was quite well made in a docu- documentary about the corporation. That this idea that the corporation can be perceived by the government as just like any other human being, as an individual. Well, that's the famous Supreme Court decision. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's now where when was that? That decision was handed down in the eighteen seventies, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, the, but yeah, the corporation a corporation was defined as an individual. And the you know the irony of that is they were using the Fourteenth Amendment, which is in some ways the most radical part of the U.S. Constitution, which passed right after the Civil War in mm-hmm. that sort of burst of well radicalism mm-hmm. you know, that you had back in those days. <laughs> and they the Supreme Court right away said, well, that doesn't really apply to let's say black people in the South, but it does apply to the corporation. You know, <laughs> so the corporation has all these rights that you can't uh, restrict. But uh, you know, yeah, and, and it's actually not funny. It's a horrible, horrible thing. But that's that's the way it goes. 
and our Supreme Court is about to give them the right to free campaign speech. It seems that's right. Like, now it? that hasn't come down yet, but uh, I I keep w- waiting to to hear that. That's that's the, you know that 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 uh, political donations are a form of speech, and if that's the case, then you can't restrict them in any way. Okay, and we've had restrictions on campaign finance for a long time in this country, and that's if you they were to actually you know, uh, stick to that doctrine, they would basically have to throw all those restrictions out. And, uh, I mean, you know, you think, you think this is, uh, we're in, we're in interesting times now, just wait till that happens. I mean, this is going to be, this is going to be a, you know, fun country to live in then. Well, all I can think of is an old episode of Doctor Who where the bad guy said, deep down, we're all the same. We want the same things, freedom from fear, freedom from pain. And Doctor Who replies was, freedom from freedom. <laughs> we're about to be, re- I think that the, if this trend keeps up, I think that uh, the bulk of the U- U.S. populace will be relieved of a great deal of their freedom. <laughs> you know, that, that could happen, yes. I could see how that would happen. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, well, we'll keep watch out for GOP and other forms of erroneous populism. I've been speaking with Thomas Frank. He's the author of What's the Matter with Kansas and The Wrecking Crew and a columnist for the Wall Street Journal in reality, not in some mirror reality. Thank you for joining us, Thomas. You got it, Rick. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony.